You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. That's Big Dave Watson. You can follow him on Twitter at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Shoot us an email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And of course, that text and voicemail line, always there for you. Our fellow Bulls fans at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our many Locked On Rooms. Well, welcome back from the weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed some NBA Finals action. We got a series. Bucks get a blowout win in Game 3 to make a 2-1 against Phoenix. Big Dave, how was your weekend? Did you enjoy the Bucks win last night? My weekend was awesome. It was really cool, really chill. Uh, I did enjoy it, even though I didn't see a lot of it because I told you like I was working on my printer for like 45 minutes. So I didn't see a lot of the game. But here's what's weird. Like right after John texted us that he doesn't like watching the Bucks play basketball, then the Bucks went on like a 58 to two run. <laughs> and I didn't really see anything after that. And I came back and I thought I thought the game was closest. And I, I was like, yo, what happened? And then, yeah, I, yeah. So Giannis went insane. I saw, and yeah, I'm just happy the Bucks looked like the team that I thought they were gonna look like. You know what I'm saying? Like I thought that mm-hmm. they would be good, and yeah, I'm, it was just good to see. It was just good to see. So, uh, lots to get to today. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about one big name who had himself another strong playoff performance in that game three win. That being one former bull by the name of Bobby Portis. After that, we're going to touch on the USA's stunning upset loss to Nigeria in their first exhibition for the Tokyo Olympics. And we will wrap things up with the big rumors around the Bulls and NBA guard DeJounte Murray, who might be on the trading block in San Antonio. Lots going on there. We will dive into that uh, to bat to end out the show. But so, obviously, I don't know about you, Dave, but I have loved every single Bobby chant that we have heard in the Bucks stadium during this playoff run. <laughs> Um, and, and we've gotten a lot of Bobby Portis gets national attention love over the last month or so of this Bucks playoff run. Casey Johnson for NBC Sports Chicago, who covered Bobby when he was here with the Bulls, wrote a column on him that was out the, earlier this morning. Sham Sharanya wrote something for The Athletic about Bobby, um, and it was a more in-depth one-on-one interview that he did with Bobby leading up to these NBA finals. Um, and it covered a lot of ground, but I think it's just – First and foremost, really cool to see a former Bull excelling like this in a way that we didn't really know what was going to happen for Bobby when he declined mm. that extension that the Bulls mm. uh, you know, uh, sent his way. And then was like, well, I'm going to bet on myself. And then there were some some rocky times there, like you know, the yeah. Knicks team that wasn't really going anywhere before they made organizational changes. And the, the Shams Sharanya interview in particular I thought was really interesting that Bobby – talking about maturing from his earliest days in the NBA to now, accepting and embracing his role as a role player and not really caring about money and not really caring about ego and anything other than I want to go somewhere where I can help a team win. And and that he actually texted Giannis 
last offseason to say, I really like your guys' squad, and I think I can help you. And then Giannis mm. went to the Bucks front office and said, bring this dude here. It was really, really cool to see Bobby say, I, I finally figured out what I do and, and how I belong in this league. Mm, you're right, and that's rare that a guy actually says that and acknowledges it, Matt. Like, guys, I mean, and and not to say uh, he wasn't deserving of this, but it, it reminds me of Allen Iverson when, uh, you know, he started getting long in the tooth and he was going to places like Denver and, and Detroit and they were asking questions about coming off the bench and he was coming off no bench. I'm a starter. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I am. I'm a starter, mm-hmm. period. No matter what, I'm the answer. And his skills had diminished to the point where he should have been, you know, coming off the bench. So when you hear this stuff, like Bobby says, and we always thought that was Bobby's role, right? We always thought he would be a guy that comes off your bench, provides you the energy, you know, could score some buckets because he has, he's always had a nice jump shot. uh, Try hard on defense, you know, just be that energy guy. But he had to get to the point where he had to recognize that's who I am. So it takes, it takes some guys a little time to figure that stuff out. And for him, it was getting scary, at least for me, that he was becoming like one of those NBA journeymen uh, would just play on every team, just have a jersey for every team. And once he, you're right, once he figured out and said, you know what, I know what I am. Let me stop tripping. Let me just focus on what I do best and what I can do best to help a team. And he looked up and he saw a team in Milwaukee who was who was on the verge, you know, you had Giannis and you could see they were kind of trying to turn the corner and become, you know, a powerhouse kind of in the East. Mm-hmm. And for him to sit there and recognize that and say, I know where I fit in in this team and it ain't the starting lineup. And I know where I fit, but I know where I can help. So let me call Giannis and tell him like, yo, I can help y'all. What can we do? And they came out there and they, like you said, uh, Giannis went to the front office and man, the rest is history. Here we are in the NBA finals. And, and even in certain instances, stepping in when Giannis went down in the conference finals, Bobby got two starts in games five and game six. Uh, and, and that was even, you know, after he had several DNPs in the Brooklyn series, uh, mm-hmm. but but he fights his way back into the rotation. Uh, his minutes have been up and down. He only played five minutes in game two, but played 18 minutes in game three last night and was mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a difference maker on both ends. Um, and he was a plus 19 in 18 minutes last night making those hustle plays. He had an offensive rebound that led to to a Drew Holiday three, and then mm-hmm. on an ensuing possession got another offensive rebound and drew a foul when the Bucks were making one of those big stretch runs, got the crowd into it. And, you know, the, the whole, like, Bobby Crazy Eyes Portis thing, man, I think that that's what uh, Bulls fans embraced about him. He's talked about Milwaukee being a blue-collar city. He talked in this interview with Shams about Chicago being a blue-collar city. And he said almost an identical thing to what Joakim Noah said back in his Bulls mm-hmm. days of playing for the people who can only afford one ticket a season. And they're mm-hmm. up in the nosebleeds, and and they love this team more than anything. And, and, and those are the kind of fans that Bobby plays for. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, you can even just see the similarities between Bobby and players like Joakim who wear their heart on their sleeve in every moment of every game. And that, I mean, those kind of players so easily attach themselves to fan bases who say those those players out on the court are as emotionally invested in the outcome of this game as I am. Mm, mm, that's true. And it's funny how Bobby has kind of been like that from day one and this Bulls team kind of honed that and sharpened it for him. You know what I mean? Because this is the same guy who says, I think about somebody punching my mom in the face to get right. myself hyped up before every game. So yeah, he, he's about that intensity, okay? He's about that. 
And you can tell just in the way he plays, um, who he plays for, you know, and Bulls fans recognize that stuff. They have always had a love and a fascination with try hard guys. Um, they love talent. They love elite, but they want the hard work with it. And sometimes it's 50 50. They want to see you sweat, grind, gristle, grit. They want all of it. Okay. They want it. They want you diving in the stands. You know, they, they want it all. They want all that blood, sweat and tears stuff. And Bobby Portis has always been that kind of player. And Matt, you can attest to that. I mean, you actually played with him. You know, you actually went bowling with him. You you can attest to how how intense and how you dude, know focused this man is. Dude bowled a two sixty five and was mad at himself that he didn't bowl a perfect <laughs> game. I mean, like <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I was sitting there saying, I've never seen somebody bowl a two sixty five before. This is right, <laughs> right. So just the fact that that's his mentality, and and I remember how bad we felt for him when he got injured here after he turned down that money because he was playing well. Mm. And we were like, okay, he bet on himself. And how can you not respect the guy, you know, that says I'm going to bet on myself? You got to respect that. But then when he got hurt, man, that just sucked. It just really, really sucked. And you felt bad for him. And then it, then the journey became began because, you know, he went to where all Bulls players go, seems like, went to Washington. Like, I don't know why, but it just seems like all Bulls players end up in Washington for some reason. And yeah, he went Does to that mean Daniel Gafford's going to be in the NBA Finals in a couple of years? <laughs> Listen, don't you be shocked. Don't you be shocked if you see my man DG up in the NBA Finals wrecking havoc and, and yelling at people. Oh, Matt, don't get me started. But yes, Bobby Portis, man, when he went to Washington, you, you kind of saw it go up and down. But then he went to New York and you still kind of saw it go up and down because he is the kind of guy, and he said this, where you got to be on me constantly. Mm-hmm. You got to be on me. And that's why he credited Noah, Rose, Heinrich, Dang, Taj, you Gosh, know, those guys. Yeah. He credited those guys with being on him and staying on him. And now in Milwaukee, he says the same thing about Coach Budenhosen. He said he's always on me. He stays on me. He was like, and I need that, and I like that stuff. So it's you're, you're seeing a player getting exactly what he needs, and now you're seeing the fruits of that kind of labor. Absolutely. Uh, I, there is one more thing from this Shams interview with Bobby I want to touch on before we move to our sure. next topic. And we will do that in just a minute. First, though, I want to tell you all that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team on their way not. to Tokyo for the Olympics? That's pretty cool. If it the is. fastest runners in the world eat Built Bars, maybe average Joes like you and me and our listeners, Big Dave, should also give Built Bars a try. Uh, you should try all of their flavors. Some of my favorites in- include raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, and cookies and cream. If you haven't tried mm. all of their flavors, you can get a mixed box with two of each of their OG flavors in a single box from BuiltBar.com. Not, not only are these Built Bars delicious, but they are healthy for you too. Most mm. of their flavors have 17 or 18 grams of protein, Shut calories up. ranging from 130 to 180 only four or five grams of sugar in each bar and only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy for you. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, Locked on Bulls listeners use promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, Dave. So this is something that I wanted to hopefully just put to bed and never have to talk about again, but because okay. it was addressed in this interview between Bobby and Shams, I thought let's, 
Let's address it ourselves. And then hopefully nobody ever talks about this ever again, because it okay. makes me mad when anything Bobby Portis related is trending on Twitter. And there are those people who think they're funny with, oh, oh, oh let's make a joke about Nico Miritich. It's like, how they sound? wait, how did they sound? Wait, how they sound? How they sound? You know me. When I when I'm impersonating dumb NBA fans or dumb Bulls fans, I have to take that tone of voice. So I think Bobby has been gracious in addressing this many times over as it has been asked about to him. Hey, remember that time you punched your teammate? Let's talk about that. I'm sure it's not something he enjoys talking about. But so this is what he said when when uh, Shams asked him about it. Sure. Um, he said. We always got into inter into altercations, me and Nico. That wasn't our first time. The guys in the front office knew that. This one was a little different. Some of the things that got misconstrued was that I sucker punched him or whatever. The guys uh -oh. that were there at the time, they knew what happened. If it was that serious, they wouldn't have offered me a contract extension. I think mm. that kind of sums it up right there. Mm. I think being able to grow up as a player and grow up as a man – being able to show that I'm more than just whatever people tried to make me as. Being able to be on this team, be myself, and show my personality and my smile and just be me. That's part of my journey and why we play this game. So I, I feel like Bobby covered all the bases in a simple yeah. paragraph answer there of, look, if you were there, you'd know the whole story. I think he's also said at, at, at some point in the past, like, when my playing days are over, I'll tell y'all that full story. Right. Which leads me to believe. Between the fact that the Bulls kind of took his side or certainly at least didn't take Nico's side as the one who got punched mm -hmm. and then, as Bobby noted, offered him an extension after the fact. And it seemed like most Bulls players who were their teammates were also on Bobby's side of that particular altercation. Makes you believe that it's not like Nico was some completely innocent bystander where Bobby got mad at practice and sucker punched his teammate. And... I just hate the fact that this is still a joke that some people think it is just like the lowest bar of I'm going to make a joke on NBA Twitter. And mm. it happened how how many years ago now? Five, six years ago now? People need to yeah. get over it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, Matt. And I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like nobody was on Nico's side. Like nobody. from from the outside or the inside, from us to, you know, people actually around it. Nobody said had anything to be like, well, maybe Nico didn't deserve that. You didn't hear anything like that. You didn't hear anything like that. You just heard, yeah, Bob, Bobby, Bobby hit his ass. Like that's all, that's all you would hear. That's all you would hear. Nobody would tell you why it happened, but nobody would take a side of Nico. You know what I'm saying? And you're right, Matt, for the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls organization to sit there and say, we rolling with you and we not rolling with this dude over here. That says a lot because you know how this board's organization is. And you know they love them, Sonico. It was on their draft. It was a big deal. They were trying to hype him up like it was Kukos 2.0 about to come in here. So you yeah. know how big a deal, how much they love that dude, man. So when that happened, and I mean, and, and you remember that season, Matt. And it was just so crazy because that was the season, you know, the tank commander I'm, was, was in full effect. And, the, and Nico was like, no, I'm giving you more reasons to hate me because we're going to go on a quick eight-game winning streak or whatever we did. And you know, I'm going to ball clean out and play like I've y'all have never seen me play ever. So, yeah, it said a lot um, about Bobby Portis, man, and how he has carried himself because you've never heard Nico ask this question. 
know what I'm saying? Bobby is always the one, the the one who punched. You never ask the one who got punched. You right. never nobody's ever come to Nico and asked him, what did you do? What did you say? Because if you know, man, when I always did something, that was always the questions my parents asked me when I did something. What did you do? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I got even if I got into a fight, why did you get in a fight? What did you do? How did you do it? How did you handle yourself? Why did it get to this point? So the fact nobody's come to Nico and asked him that, I, I, I've never liked that. Now, of course, him being out of the country, I'm sure, has something to do with right. it. But he had time in New Orleans and he had time in Milwaukee. And I still never heard anybody ask him that question at all. So Right. And, and you know, maybe it's something bigger and just about Nico wanting to go back to Europe because – he didn't love living in the States that much and wanted to go back home and seems like he's happy, you know, playing for Barca and whatever. But it, it is interesting that Nico was seen as a potential prize free agent and maybe had a lot of suitors. And at the same time, maybe wasn't feeling all that welcome by his NBA peers and players. Mm. And maybe, you know, if if a bunch of players on the Bulls were like, yeah, no, Bobby is the one who did the punching. And I'm, I'm on his side. Maybe maybe Nico felt a little unwanted and unloved in the NBA and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on Team Bobby. I am on Team oh. Bobby all the way. Yeah. Um, speaking of teams, uh, yes. Team USA, big team. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> they lose their exhibition opener against Nigeria, one of the few warm-up games they have before the actual competition in the Tokyo Olympics. I saw somebody had on Twitter that the one of the more recent USA versus Nigeria basketball games that were, you know, competitive were London Olympics 2012. So yes, almost 10 years ago, but still mm. only 10 years ago. Team USA beat Team Nigeria by 80-something points. They did, yes. They did. Last night, they lost. By three, yes. Or two nights ago, rather. How? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, what is your first reaction to this? Oh, man. Oh, look. I was I was completely devastated. Oh, oh. I was, te- oh, I was torn apart. How can I continue on, Matt? Like, Team USA... Uh, Because you know what this means, Matt. This means, you know, that they can't, you know, compete to get a gold medal anymore, right? Is that true? They're out. It's it's single elimination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Single elimination. They're gone. Oh, that means, you know, this is going to count against their record, right? Like, they're 0-1 now? That means it counts against their record over there? Oh, that doesn't mean any of that? Because this is a practice game? So we're essentially sitting here talking about practice? I am not tripping on practice. The great Allen Iverson has told you, and this is the second Allen Iverson reference in the show. The great Allen Iverson has told you what this is. We are talking about practice. I'm not tripping on this. Shout out to Team Nigeria for hitting 23s. All right. Shout out to them for doing that. That's great. But I am not tripping. You know what I thought of, Matt? You know the first thing I thought of when I thought about this? And of course, I'm not saying that they're, they're this team. I thought of the dream team when they lost to the to the ensemble of the college basketball team in that practice. That was the yes. first thing I thought of. I thought the same thing too. <laughs> first thing that came to my mind. And I was like, okay, yeah, they lost a, a practice game. This doesn't even count. And I get it's a big upset because they were like a 29-point favorite. But it doesn't count. <laughs> it means nothing. It means nothing at all. You want me to, you want this energy right here to be on the side of yelling at Team USA? Let it happen in the Olympics. And I promise you, you'll get all this energy right here for me and especially Matt. You're going to get all this energy right here. But right now, guys, 
I am not tripping on no practice. It's practice. Let them figure it out. This is Greg Popovich stuff. You know this is pop stuff. Right. Uh, just the same way that Chuck Daly pretty much orchestrated it for the 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 uh, select team to lose leading up to he the did. 92 games. So I, I, I'm with you. I'm not tripping either. Um, the broadcast team calling that game said that it was like as big as the miracle on ice in 1980 <laughs> when USA beat the Soviet Union. And I was like, <laughs> you mean you mean to win the whole thing? That I game? <laughs> that? That that game? Uh, this is, is an exhibition game. This is an oh exhibition game. And look, I think the uh, the wider perspective here is I still think that the USA team is favored to win the gold medal. I think they yeah. should win the gold medal. Compared to 92, when the entire world saw MJ and Pip and, you know, Charles and Ewing and Robinson and all, and we're like, wow, this basketball, look at these basketball, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 30 years, and how many NBA prospects, how many NBA talents right now came from Nigeria, came from other African nations, came from Europe? came from Asia like because of the Olympics the uh, the parity of international basketball is so much better than it was for the 92 dream team when when Charles Barkley said I, I don't know who Angola is but I know they're in trouble and now you got you know the, the broadcast team talking about this player and that player and this player and that player who are playing for their home nation of Nigeria who are either in the NBA or on their way to the NBA. Uh, on, like it, it 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 is a good thing for the league that a Nigerian team just upset the USA in an exhibition game mm-hmm. and I think it's also good for team USA that that happened a little wake up call yeah. before the real game start I think it's yeah. a good thing all around and people flipping out about this I'm like what what are y'all tripping over this is all good this is this all, is all this is all good things Yes. And when, listen, when Matt is telling you to chill out, you need to chill out. I say that all the time. When Matt's telling you to chill, you need to chill, okay? Because if there's anybody who likes going over there, it's my main man, Matthew Peck, okay? But man, like, I just, I couldn't figure out why I would be upset. I was just like, wait a minute, they hit 20 out of 40, 42 threes. They're coached by Mike Brown, who's a great coach, by the way. Mike Brown's an excellent coach who was also, you know, down with pop. Now, uh-huh, that's why I keep saying this. It sounds like a pop thing to me. Again, this mm-hmm. is why I keep saying that. But Greg Popovich and Chuck Daly are kind of those guys who play those mental games and want to see, want to get their team on the same page. And you think about that when Pop talked about Zach Levine, how he kept saying, first and foremost, he wants to be here. And he wants to be on his team. For me, that felt, it felt like a shot. <laughs> like it did. It felt like a shot to a couple of guys who were there who might have just been hanging out. Then I don't. Then that picture you saw, of Bam Adebayo taking pictures with, with the Nigerian basketball players and Damian Lillard looking back at him, you know what I'm saying, and had that look. I love it because, listen, what else were these guys going to have to play for? They need You need motivation. I don't care what level you're on, but especially on that elite level when everybody knows you're better than everybody, you look for anything, which is what made Michael Jordan so great because you look for anything to give you a competitive advantage to make you want to go out there and be your best and go kill somebody on the basketball court. Now you have a reason. Now you got it. Because again, people, keep this in mind. As good as Nigeria played, hitting 23s, they won by three. 
I'm not tripping on none of this. Okay, they won by three. I'm, I'm not tripping on none of this, man. Great job by Nigeria. You want to impress us, though? Do it again when it count, because now we got something to play for. And, and speaking of that three-point margin, uh, let's let's uh, finish up by touching on Zach Levine, our guy, and his Ooh. first USA performance. Um, obviously, a lot of Bulls fans had a, a heart skip beat or two when you saw him tweak his ankle early on in that game. He limps off yeah. to the locker room, and we were all collectively holding our breath and saying, yeah, we were so proud of Zach for USA, but this is what we were afraid of. Oh, dear God, don't hurt yourself before we're trying to finally have a season where we get back to the playoffs on your shoulders. Right. Thankfully, he comes back quickly to the bench, plays in the game, multiple more stints. Um, he has a couple of, you know, uh, solid threes, including, you know, his, his automatic left corner three. He also, you know, uh, beat a couple of guys off the dribble for a, for a really nice layup down the left side. Mm -hmm. And the final moments of this game, USA down by three, inbound play. Dame has the ball as the inbounder, and you've got some, you know, crossing action with a few people. Zach Levine ends up with the ball. My guess is that that play options one, two, three, four. Option one was Dame inbounds the ball and gets the ball back to shoot a three, <laughs> right? But yeah. it's very feasible that option two was Zach coming around on a curl looking for himself to get a clean look at a three because behind yeah. Dame, uh, you know, obviously Kevin Durant capable of hitting daggers. Oh, yeah. Zach Levine is a lethal three-point shooter at this point. Lethal. Unfortunately, whatever they were trying to do in that play didn't materialize. Zach is kind of just like trying to get a clean look at the top of the key, can't get the look that he wants, and Nigeria fouls him because Nigeria yeah. smartly is saying, we've got a three-point lead. We'll just send you to the line. There are only three right. seconds left. Right. Zach misses the first free throw unintentionally and then has to miss the second free throw intentionally so the, the team can try to get a desperation offensive rebound and a three. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work, uh, you know, and, and USA goes on to lose. The amount of people I saw say, like, oh, man, like, why did Zach Levine have the ball? Or, you know, why, you know, why this or why that? Again, for an exhibition game where these guys are all playing together for the first time, that wasn't an ideal end to that game. And I would have loved it if Zach just said, I'm going to rise up and shoot this and drill yeah. to three to send that to OT. It would have been great. Of course. It didn't work out that way. We'll we'll see what they do in the next exhibition game and the group stage and whatever, whatever. But <laughs> my biggest takeaway is we watched Zach Levine play basketball in the USA jersey. Oh, and, and he, it looked and nice. It, and he looked pretty looked looked pretty freaking nice. Yeah, and and you actually you you watched the game. Uh, I did. I got to see the highlights and everything that happened. So I'm sure you felt it a little bit more than than I did. Uh, just seeing him come out there in that jersey and actually, you know, hit some of those buckets. And you know how hard he works. You know how hard he trains. And they talked about that um, coming into Team USA. How much he was trying to learn the new rules and nuances of playing. You know, world international basketball. Because it's a little bit different. Like I said, the, free, the three point lines end a little more. You know, you you don't have to worry about the ball falling off the rim or anything like that. Like before you go tip it back in and stuff. Like it's a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? So the fact he wanted to learn the nuances of that. Because seriously, let's be real. How many players did that? I'm guarantee you, not many. They were like, oh, we should we balling? All right, just tell me when the game is and we coming in for doing it. And so yeah, so Zach takes it seriously and he's really focused on it and laser focused. And you saw him. 
when you saw plays, Matt, when he was actually trying to defend full court, mm-hmm. I think that's what caught my attention more than anything. After he would hit a bucket, he was like, okay, who's getting the ball because I'm guarding him all the way up the court. That's yeah. saying a lot, man. That's saying a lot about Zach Levine and, and what he wants to provide and his growth that we've talked about several times on this show. That's going to happen because of this run that he's going to have. So, yeah, I'm, it's, it's good to see. It's nice to see. He looks really happy that he's out there and on his team, man. This means a lot to him. And, we, yeah, I just want to see it end with that gold medal because we got to get my man a win. He, he got to feel some wins in his professional career, man. He's got to feel a win. All love to Zach, man. It was great. Uh, uh, as you said, also seeing his intensity and pressure with the on-ball on defense in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. Came up with a couple of steals, played solid defense. I, I had a tweet, you know, commending his defense, and somebody in my replies was like, well, yeah, but, you know, he got lost off-ball occasionally, and his off-ball defense still isn't great. And I'm like, could we, we at any point just accept and, and be happy for and proud of the things that Zach Levine has done to improve himself? Year yeah. by year, month by month. Yeah, he, he's not a great off-ball defender. He gets lost ball-watching a little bit off-ball sometimes. You know who else does? 70% of the freaking league, okay? He's right. Oh, he's, 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 still right. Not a great on, he's still not a great off-ball defender. <laughs> Appreciate Zach Levine, y'all, please. Um, all right, we've got to move on. We've got to talk about a potential new pairing and partner for Zach Levine in the Bulls' backcourt. Somebody who could be on the move via trade this offseason from Greg Popovich's NBA team. First, though, Big Dave, do you want to talk to our audience about Bet Online? You know what, audience? Thank you, Matt. Gather around. Let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all your latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA. NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Now, before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And also, when you head over there, ladies and gentlemen, you will get 50% off if you use the promo code Locked On. Just that promo code Locked On. On 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. So head on over. It's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Mm. We got Big Dave reading ads now, y'all. <laughs> fully it's on a board. It's a yeah. problem. Take them. Take them all. Take all the ad <laughs> reads. All take them all. Of all. Them, Give it to me. Give it to me. All right. Last <laughs> thing on the docket today. Um, so, yet another interesting athletic column. This one from uh, Zach Harper, uh, a.k.a. Talk Hoops on Twitter, uh, has a pretty decent following and, and has made uh, some inroads to know people in the league. This was an excerpt from a column of his about mock drafting and potential you know, trades and shakeups on draft night and things like that over okay. the weekend. This is about the San, San Antonio Spurs and their outlook coming into draft night. It seems unlikely the Spurs would move their pick. Keep an eye on them being active with the trade machine around the draft. The Spurs have to figure out where they want to be as a franchise, what their plan is moving forward. They're kind of stuck in the middle right now. DeJounte Murray and Derek White could both be gettable, according to league sources. So, DeJounte Murray sees this, and obviously a million people pop into his mentions uh, on on social media. What's going on? Are you going to get traded? 
DeJounte Murray responds with, rumors can be true and rumors can be false. Um, and then, you know, a few other things about thankful to be in the league, et cetera, et cetera. But mm -hmm. read into that what you will. Mm -hmm. But, of course, Bulls Twitter takes this, digs up an old picture of DeJounte Murray working out with Zach Levine because they're both <laughs> Seattle guys, right? Both yes. uh, Seattle natives. DeJounte Murray played college ball at Washington. Zach's mm -hmm. a Seattle guy. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just like DeJounte Murray photoshopped into a Bulls jersey all over Twitter. Right. What What do we think about this, Big Dave? Because, I, you know, I've, I've got some bullet points of reasons why I think this could be feasible and yeah. why I would like it. But I want to know what you think before I give you my take. Well, you know how I feel about offseason and, and being uh, extra wild and crazy in my philosophies and thoughts of the offseason. And this is going to be no different. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, all of it. I want DeJounte Murray. Talk about it all. Because you know what we need? We need a point guard. You know who's good doing that? DeJounte Murray. Watch DeJounte Murray's stats. You know, if you look at DeJounte Murray's stats, and I'm talking about just the main stats that you might look at, you know, field goal percentage, three-pointers, points, rebounds, assists. He's gotten better every single year at every one of those categories. Every year. He's gotten better at those, man. That says a lot about a player and his work ethic. Now, the fact that he has this connection with Zach. And you know what's funny, Matt? I didn't even know that picture was old till you said that. I thought that was a recent picture. But this is why I love Bulls fans, because they don't forget nothing. They went and they dug it up. And then I can't remember who, who did this. I think it was All Hoops Designs. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your site uh, site's name. But when they Photoshopped him into a Bulls jersey, Zach Levine went and liked the picture. This is what I'm talking about. I want all of this, all of the insanity, all of the possibilities. Give it all to me. And just the fact that San Antonio says that it's a maybe and it could happen. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, you know, AK and Mark Eversley are looking at this. You know how we've, we've talked about it, especially you, man. I've heard you talking about sending Lowry marketing to San Antonio. Why not get that thing popping off on a side and trade? That stuff can happen too. These are things that can go down, ladies and gentlemen. This is what's beautiful about the offseason is you can dream right now. And yes, DeJounte Murray, come on, man. You know you got your friend here. This is what you want to be. Come on home. You know you look nice in the red and white. Let's do this. Uh, you're right. So the account was all around designs on Twitter. We photoshopped him with Bulls and Zach Levine liked it. And Bulls Twitter went, ah! So, okay, we clearly know that there's a bond with Zach yeah. and, and with DeJounte Murray. I think that DeJounte Murray could offer a lot of the things that Zach Levine would need in his backcourt pair. I mean, honestly, one of the things that uh, I thought hit the nail on the head in my replies was somebody who said, like, he could be what we hoped and wanted Chris Dunn could be oh. as a facilitating guard who is more about uh, taking the defensive burden every night, mm -hmm. who can let Zach Levine be Zach Levine and not put so much ball handling pressure on Zach Levine. Right. And look, DeJounte Murray is not a great shooter. He's not Chris Dunn shooting 19% on several three-point attempts per game. Uh, career three-point percentage is, let's see, um, 33? 33.2. Um, okay. He, he was basically uh, 30... 31.5% this past season on mm -hmm. three attempts per game. That was up from 1.7 attempts per game in the 1920 season when he shot a better 36.9%. Um, but it, to me, it's more about the well-rounded aspects of his game. 
And the fact that if the Bulls have Zach on the floor and Vooch on the floor, if P-Dub is confident launching his open looks from three, you, you don't need DeJounte Murray to be a 40% three-point shooter. Somebody else in my reply said, you know, you can't win in today's NBA if your point guard can't shoot. And I understand that argument. And I mm -hmm. understand that you know, this I get a, a similar reason why Bulls fans who are uh, skeptical about Ben Simmons are like, yeah, Duke can't shoot. You kind of need both of your backcourt guys mm -hmm. to knock down threes. It's not like DeJounte Murray's throwing up bricks. He's right. shooting in the low 30s. If he can work his way up to, by the way, as still only a 24-year-old right now, Ooh. something from 33.5% to 38%, mm -hmm. so just something respectable where defenses have to be aware of him on the perimeter, mm -hmm. everything else about his game fits with Zach and yeah. Vooch and the other pieces of this team. I mean, you talk about the fact that he's averaged pretty much two steals per game across the entirety of his NBA career so far. Mm -hmm. His defensive win shares uh, last season, 2.6. Two the year before that, 3.4 the year before that. I mean, this dude I mean. is a lockdown defender. You talk yeah. about his length and pairing that with Patrick Williams. I mean, then you're talking about the Bulls being mm -hmm. all of a sudden not a oh, dear God, where's the defense team? But a team that has two above average, if not elite defensive players mm. on the perimeter. Mm. So there's a lot of this that makes sense. You mentioned Lowry, the Spurs rumors, the sign and trade that might be on the table there because there's mutual interest between Lowry and the Spurs. Mm -hmm. um, DeJounte Murray's contract is totally manageable. Mm -hmm. Team friendly, I might even say, compared to what we are afraid Lonzo might cost. Mm-hmm. He made 14.2 this season, which was his first year of a new contract. Next year, 15.4, 22-23, 16.5, 23-24, 17.7. For mm. your starting point guard, that's not bad. At all. At all. You'll take those numbers every day of the week. I don't know why you wouldn't. And I think the key of what you said was two things, Matt. One, he's 24. <laughs> like, that is huge, okay? The fact that he is this young and he's still growing. And two, the fact that, he, like he keeps saying, he got better every single year. Guys, we have a player on our team like that now in Zach Levine who worked on something every single year and got better at it every year, okay? And I'm not saying he's a lockdown defender, but all you cried about was wanting to see some effort out of Zach Levine. Well, guess what you see now more than you've seen before? It's effort on, from Zach Levine on the defensive end, and I think you'll see more of it coming into this season. So, and he's playing with somebody that's cool with him. And that's what you do when you're the best player on the team. You kind of adhere to them. You kind of, you know, give a little bit to them. It's why the untradeable Thaddeus Young is still here. It's why DeJounte Murray, I don't have a problem with him coming here. It's why, you know, P. Will, you know what I'm saying, is getting some love from him too, man. Vooch, he loves Vooch. Guess what? Vooch is here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're building around your best player and you're doing things that, you know, you know what? We know you would like this. How about we get this for you? Yeah, you do that kind of stuff, man. And then you watch the results because Zach has shown you that he is willing to work and get better year after year after year after year. DeJounte Murray, from his numbers, has shown you he's willing to work and get better. So why can't he work and develop a three-point shot? You can't just think that this is exactly what this person is going to be just because that's what you see that year. It's all about what you're doing behind closed doors in that offseason. How hard are you working to get better at it? That's all it's about. And you're seeing that he's doing that stuff, man, by the, by his numbers and the way he's playing. So, yes, give me more DeJounte Murray. 
And let's get this going on, Bulls fans. More of this stuff, baby. More of it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, you know, if you want to nitpick one other thing, we've talked sure. about what this roster needs after this disappointing season. Uh, AK and, and Donovan Bulls said we need to get to the free throw line more. Murray is not a guy that necessarily puts his head down and drives to draw fouls. Uh, he's averaged somewhere between 1.8 and 2 free throw attempts per game <clears throat> over the last three years of his mm-hmm. NBA season, he does shoot it at a near 80% clip. So if, you know, uh, opposing defenses are worried about Zach, are worried about Vooch, and Murray finds himself with, you know, greater opportunities to drive because he's got one-on-one and can take a guy, the free throw percentage is there. He just needs to up those attempts a little bit. And meanwhile, again, it's about a playmaker next to Zach. His usage percentage, you ready for this? From Come last on. year to the year prior, Went Talk up by usage percentage in 1920, 20.8%. This mm-hmm. past season, 23.4%. So a sub- substantial usage percentage jump there. With Good that job. jump in usage percentage, his assists went up from 4.1 per game to 5.4 per game, mm-hmm. all the while bringing his turnovers down. Wow. <laughs> now you tell, you tell me that's not impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> Like, all jokes aside, that's impressive, guys. All right? That is impressive. Compared to Chris Dunn, who got into a couple of Hawks games, and then people on Twitter were like, I swear, every time he touches the ball, it's a turnover. <laughs> Remember those articles you were reading? This is why Chris Dunn signing would be great. Oh, my God. This is why this is going to be a great move. And all you kept seeing was, he's a defensive juggernaut. <laughs> he's a monster. Oh, man. It won't matter when he's turning the ball over. Every time he get the ball, one on three fast breaks, he's like, yeah, I'm going to the – you know what? I don't care. Not my problem anymore. Yes, DeJounte Murray, bring him here. I would love to have him. I think he's a great fit. He gives you that length, and he gives you options, Matt, because even if it's those games where he's not on, guess what? I got Kobe White waiting over there. All right, Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and provide and do what you do, sir. Show me what you do and handle your business out there. You get He gives you options. This is what you want. You guys keep asking for complete players, and complete players cost $200 million. That's the problem. You know, everybody's not going to be complete. You got to take guys, you know, how they fit, and they can grow into something. And this dude is good. He's got something. So quit nitpicking at him if you're nitpicking out there. Quit nitpicking. He'll be a great fit next to Zach, man. Come on, Will. I want it. I want it. I, I want he, it. <laughs> he may have jumped to the top of my wish list for both Ooh. point guards that are realistic yes. this offseason. season. We talked about yeah. that. You're right. right. You're right. You know, and, r- yeah. realistic. Yes, you know, I hear. What, would I rather have Damian Lillard? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, but realistically speaking, if the Spurs are that interested in Lowry, and we can facilitate facilitate some kind of sign and trade here, mm-hmm. where the Bulls don't have to give up a lot of other assets other than an expiring contract in Lowry, and can get an answer to who needs to play next to Zach in the backcourt. While you're not putting too much pressure on Kobe, while you're uh, accounting for the fact that Kobe's going to be out for the first probably several months of the season, DeJounte Murray, man, like I like that kid since he came out of the draft from Washington. I watched a lot Mm -hmm. of his tape coming into that draft class, and I was impressed. And a little bit of a rocky start to his NBA career. Uh, Also did have that injury three seasons ago. But he came back from that injury and looks like a very promising young player with a lot of room to grow. So, AK, there it is. Go get him. Go call Pop. I know Pop's a little busy right now 
with the basketball, with the with the USA and losing to Nigeria and whatnot. But hey, just say, Pop, I got a deal for you. Let's make a deal. Or even more so, Matt, call Zach and tell Zach what you want to do. Have Zach talk to Pop. Pass it along that way. See, now this is what having somebody at the table does, ladies and gentlemen. This is what it does. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. That's how we're going to end it today. Oh, man, lots of fun stuff that we got to on today's episode. Thanks to everybody for listening. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on that text to voicemail line. We do mailbag content every week. 331-979-1369 is that number. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. I am at Bulls underscore Peck. Big Dave is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. Uh, Big Dave, do you want to give a quick shout-out to, uh, to to your wrestler that you're sending love to here in the uh, in the captions? First of all, I'm glad you know it's a wrestler. Let me just say that. Shout out to you for that, Matthew. Uh, I'm proud of every day. Twitter taught me that over the weekend. Other, yeah, other, I'm, than, I'm, other than that, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> I'm proud of every day of you. Paul Orndorff was around during the era era of um, Hulk Hogan. If, if Hulk Hogan was number one, Paul Orndorff was number two. And he was Mr. Wonderful. He was awesome and just great on the mic and an even awesome wrestler. Hit you with that power driver. And I mean, he was just, man, he was one of my favorites to just to watch, man, because that dude could wrestle. Like, he could really, really straight up just wrestle and show you the art form of it and not just say, oh, what are these guys out here, you know, fake fighting for? You see the art form of it when you watch Paul Orndorff do it. Like, guys like him and Harley Race and et cetera, et cetera. You see the art form of it. And Paul Orndorff was one of those guys. So, yeah, rest in, rest in love to Paul uh, Orndorff, man, Mr. Wonderful. He was awesome. And he had some awesome robes, too. He was rivaling Ric Flair with the fly robes that he would rock in with, baby. Shout out. Shout out. Paul Orndorff. He was great. Speaking of the love of wrestling and a crossover of wrestling fans and basketball fans, Big Dave, mm-hmm. do you know who's going to be joining us on the pod on this Friday's episode? Wait a minute. Okay. All right. Wait. He's hitting me with stuff, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right. Do I need to brace myself? Oh... I have a guess, but I'm gonna let you say it. But it's our, it's our dear friend, the third piece of the puzzle. I knew it, <laughs> Mr. John Sabine will be joining us on our Locked On Bulls Friday episode this week to lead y'all into the weekend. So uh, maybe maybe we'll have to talk a little bit more wrestling. Uh, I, oh. I don't know. I you know I'll let you Dude. guys decide if you want to spend a segment talking about wrestling and. Listen. Hopefully, our our Bulls listeners also are professional Listen. wrestling fans. No, let me say something real quick. <laughs> if you ain't, if you've missed some of these shows that we've done on Friday, you ain't gonna want to miss that. Okay, you are not going to want to miss us together <laughs> doing what we do. It is going to be something. Okay, it's going to be hilarious. Y'all know John, man. Y'all know how hilarious and amazing this dude is. And coming back, and we forming Voltron back here on the Locked On Bulls podcast, baby. Y'all ain't going to want to miss it. It's all I can tell you. You ain't going to want to miss it. It's going to be great. Boys are back, baby. Uh, In the meantime, Mm -hmm. we'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode of Locked on Bulls. Have a great night. Have a great start to your Tuesday. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. For Big Dave, I'm Matt C. Red. Be good. Peace out. Get yourself some shoes. You know, find somewhere. Maybe you get a facial. And, uh, oh, hire a decorator to come in here quick because, damn.